Welcome to the Neophotonics Podcast. I'm John Houghton, and this is a program where we talk about insights and best practices for optical communications, lasers, and their applications. Today, we're joined by Mark Stiller to answer the question, why use pluggable modules? How are you doing, Mark? Very good, John. Nice to talk to you again. Thanks. Let's start out. What is a pluggable module? Well, a pluggable module is exactly what it sounds like. So module being a, an electro-optical transceiver that takes electrical signals, translates them to optical signals for transmission over fiber optics, and then on receiving optical signals, translates them back into the electrical signals that are needed for carrying communications over switches and over electrical networks. So the pluggable part refers to the fact that it can literally be plugged in and out just like a um, USB stick or a power cord, right? So if you look at the typical switches and routers and telecommunications gear that connects into fiber optic networks, um, basically what you can do is take a pluggable module and plug it directly into the front faceplate of that router or switch or telecom rack and immediately have an optical connection. So it plugs in and there's no soldering, there's no coupling the fiber to the laser and things like that? That's right. And also, importantly, they're called hot pluggable because really all you have to do is plug them in, wait 5, 10, 20 seconds, and it runs. So there's nothing you really need to do other than plug it in. Hmm. Why else, besides being pluggable, why else would they be interesting to end users? Well, I can answer that question at a couple of different levels. Um, probably the simplest reason is because it requires very little skill to use. So we talked before about DCO or digital coherent optics. Um, so the interface for almost all all pluggable modules are digital, um, which means they will then have the ability to be plugged directly in. You don't have to worry too much about the quality of the connection. You don't have to worry too much about um, the skill of the person plugging it in because really all they have to do is push it into the slot, listen for a click, and then clean and plug two fibers in to the front of the module and you have a connection. And one of the important features, especially in the newest modules, is there's quite a bit of self-checking capabilities and check the connection with the switch capabilities so that overall, within the context of how it's used, it can almost self-diagnose any problems, right? And then the counterpoint of pluggability is unpluggability. So in the end, if something is simply is not working, instead of having to bring in an engineer with a laptop and troubleshoot on the on the spot, you can unplug it and plug another one in. And because they are very standardized, if it doesn't work in one slot, you can plug it in the next slot. So it's a very simplistic way of putting very high-end optical performance, optical telecommunications into a form factor that almost anybody can use. What can a pluggable module do to enable data center interconnect? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question, John. I think the first pluggable module that was used really broadly in interconnects was um, known as Color Z. It was a long reach PAM4 transceiver. Um, and that enabled people to upgrade their infrastructure from 10 gig 
which was a traditional NRZ um, coded 80 kilometer transmission distance transceivers into 100 gigabit per wavelength by using the PAM4 technology. Um, the next step is to upgrade that to 400 gig by using coherent optics. Right? So how does this really enable DCI? Well, before the pluggable modules had the performance levels needed, people would typically buy uh, something called a muxponder or a transponder shelf, which would take very short distance transmission optics, which are much easier to build from the switch to another box. And inside that box, they'd then be translated to go out over what amounted to long haul telecom gear that had been scaled back for shorter distance. So basically, the pluggable modules enable DCI at a much, much better cost point, much more compact point by replacing that entire transponder or muxponder shelf with a, with a set of pluggable modules that go directly into the switch. So simplification, cost reduction, you know, both very important factors to scaling out DCI. And what characteristics are most important for DCO modules? So the important characteristics for DCO modules in this context, pluggability certainly is a, is a very big um, and important characteristic. Also to achieve the high density and direct pluggability into switches, um, power consumption turns out to be a, a very important factor. Right? Data centers are enormous structures. They contain hundreds of thousands of servers, hard drives, and then enormous amounts of air conditioning. So every watt that you would add into that by adding a, a module or some other type of optical transmission device is multiplied by some factor for air conditioning loading, a factor in terms of floor space density. If things get too hot, you have to separate them even further. And there's a whole cascade of events. So power consumption turns out to be very important. Um, also, because the form factors are shrinking as the speeds are going up, the ability of those modules to operate in a higher temperature environment, 70 and even 75 degrees C, becomes very critical. So another important characteristic for the DCO modules is the ability to measure signal quality. This originally had come in as what was called DDM or digital diagnostics monitoring a long time ago. But now with coherent optics, it's become much more sophisticated. And this really comes down to the ability to know how good your link is, how much data you can transmit, and forewarn the network and the network operators if there's a problem that hasn't quite come yet but is about to, so they can preemptively replace or repair around those problems. So I think you know, pluggability is one, power consumption is another, the diagnostic self-diagnostics and link diagnostics capabilities These are three very important features. And as always, the performance is very important. So, you know, what, one of the things that we found over several years of working with more advanced transceivers is the quality of the transmission laser and its ability to operate over a wide range of conditions is really critical. Um, so this is, you know, one thing that the photonics has um, done very well at engineering towards. 
Um, another very important characteristic is to have the bandwidth needed to carry the coherent signals with high fidelity over long distance fiber optic cables. And so, you know, a couple of the things that Neophotonics has been doing over the course of many years now is continuously investing in the key technology areas for the generation and transmission of the optical signals, including the quality of the source laser, the quality of the transmission modulation, um, as well as the receive optics, right? So having sufficient sensitivity and bandwidth to detect signals with a, with a high degree of attenuation and differentiate them against noise to allow for better transmission distances at any given power consumption and cost. Um, we've also worked very closely with the leading DSP suppliers and electronic designs to minimize the power consumption in order to meet the requirements of the most stringent data centers at high operating bandwidths. So if somebody's buying a module and it compares well on paper or a data sheet, that doesn't tell the true story because Neophotonics has done a lot of R&D and looking into all the things that would make something very reliable and function for the long term. Yeah, that's that's right, John. You know, it's it's certainly one thing to be able to build a part that works. It's another thing to make sure that it works reliably over five to ten years in, in the field conditions that our customers expect to see. And then it's yet another thing altogether to be able to produce these at any volume at will, you know, within a I guess a reasonable lead time. Um, and those are all the areas that we've been focusing on as a company um, to prepare for the next wave of data center build-out. What makes NEO really good at these modules? Well, so Neophotonics modules are based primarily on our internally developed optical components, which gives us the ability to optimize for performance and power consumption for reach and compactness without having to sacrifice one for the other. And at the same time, because we control the basic technology, we're able to build in the reliability that people expect at a cost point that addresses their needs effectively. Well, thanks, Mark, for telling us about pluggable modules. You have been listening to the Neophotonics Podcast, your source for insight and best practices for optical communications, lasers, and their applications. If you have feedback, a comment, or a question for one of our experts to answer on the podcast, you can write to us at podcast at neophotonics.com or call 408-904-2401.